a little quick bio. Um, I guess one question that I have for you before we start, um, mm -hmm. what is your kind of main focus um, at Clue? I'm on the business side. Uh, okay. So yeah. Okay. Um, don't get too technical with me that, but I, okay. I can, yeah. I know how the team did things. I just didn't do it myself. <laughs> okay. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, like pure business. Do you do creative stuff as well? How involved no, I do creative. are you in that I, side of things? We, we were a okay. design student and I ran the UX side. So it's, it's, uh, I can do product strategy. Okay. Gotcha. Do you, uh, is there anything you want me to focus on or not focus? Like since you guys, are you now a hundred percent doing your own stuff or do you also do still some of the work for higher stuff? We do a lot of uh, work for Horizon for Meta, um, so we, okay, uh, we can gotcha. talk about that. Um, okay, gotcha. So yeah, yeah our, I just want to anything else. That's that why you our want team me? is so big, because because your your team is your your game is bigger than us, but we have Meta. That that that's the other. You're side focusing on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything that you want me to sort of like lead the or help sort of set you up for to talk about, or like, do you want to talk about Horizon Worlds, or do you not want to talk about Horizon Worlds? I I think I can I can talk about it. I I think. Um, you know, Kluge is in a stage where, like, we can talk about. I love to to sort of show that the studio is bigger than Synthriders because right now Synthriders yeah. is better, it's bigger than than everything else, and so just yeah. kind of showing everything else that's going on, I think it's good. And then I think there's okay. an opportunity. I was talking to Wesley about, you know, the fact that we have these visual experiences in Synthriders, and and we do all this music licensing. Like, there there is a lot of overlap with what you guys do, um, yeah. and we're we're getting more and more into visual storytelling. Um, okay. So you know, we, we look at your journey and we're probably going to be modeling some of it to some degree. So I, I think just, yeah, there's, there's some nice synergies there. Okay, totally. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, um, Wesley, are you all good to go then? Okay. He's recording there. Um, so yeah, so I'll just sort of kick us off and then, yeah, like I said, just kind of give yourself a little, uh, give us a little bio as you, as you take your first putt. Um, cool. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest uh, Walkabout Talkabout. With, uh, we've got Arturo Perez with us today from Kluge Interactive, um, the creators of Synthrider and other things that, uh, I, let me redo that because it's Synthriders, plural. That's right. right? Although that is a common, like one, the one word Synthrider is a common um, use of, yeah. the, of the game. I'll, okay, well, I'll, I'll uh, do a retake on that one since it's so early. Usually we don't do this, but. <laughs> Might as well get that right, at least. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest Walkabout Talkabout. Um, I'm here today with Arturo Perez, um, who works at Luge Interactive, the creators of Synthriders, as well as some other stuff that uh, he'll be telling us about. So, right. Arturo, I'll let you intro yourself way better than I can. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, go for it. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, Kluge actually started you can say in the early 2000s as a, mm -hmm. as a music magazine. So music was always in our DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, but then really um, the incarnation that we are today kind of went from 2007 as a design studio. Um, and then we stayed, uh, we did a lot of UX and web design and web applications. And then in 2020, I think is when we fully became the VR game studio we are today. Okay. So it was a, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a bit of a journey. Very cool. And so we're, you said, cause you started off early, early on. So you were like, VR is actually fairly recent for you guys then. Yes. When did Synthriders come out by the way? Well, Synthriders actually did uh, get started in 2017 as a, okay. as a prototype. So our idea was like, oh, we need a, we need to do a, like something to show off our VR skills. And so we were prototyping 
these games and then Sintrar stuck by 2018. We knew that was that was basically the only game we had uh, in mm-hmm. development at that time. Okay, very cool. So yeah, I mean that you. I think that Walkabout started probably about the same time. Also, yeah, prototype sort of like just playing around with it. So yeah, and then but then it launched and was it 2019? Well, actually, I think 2018. It, it is when it launched. Um, okay, but on the uh, Rift, it would have been. Yeah, it was a uh, it was Steam, and uh, and it was okay. I think we had eleven updates on Steam before we launched on Quest on uh, like okay. October of twenty nineteen. Okay. But yeah, you guys, uh, it's it's funny because I come from the visual effects and animation world, and there's so much crossover of sort of like that early right. days of just sort of like you forget sort of like uh, for those of us who are sort of living it day in and day out we often forget that like oh yeah this has only been around for like four <laughs> maybe five years for the most yeah. part so yeah um but so we were talking a little bit beforehand and um you guys are doing quite a bit more than just synth writers as well do you want to maybe talk about some of the other projects that you guys are working on yeah, we're so we're working. Our follow-up to Synth Riders is a is a technical fighting game or Street Fighter for VR is our is our North Star, uh, okay. which which has been very exciting. It's a quite a from a left turn, you know. Like at first we we're like, mm-hmm. oh, let's do another music game, but um, our my co-founder Abraham, who's the guy who made Synth Riders, our creative director, he really loves fighting games, so we got into that genre, and so we're we're working on that. Um, in active development right now. It's been three years in the making, so it hasn't been easy. Um, yeah. And then, so because I'm... we come from an agency background, we, we also have a, like a work-for-hire side, um, and we're making VR games there as well. Okay, very cool. And yeah, Mighty Coconut was work-for-hire mostly on the visual effects and animation side of things, so I know that, that world very well as well. Right. Um, so I'm kind of curious to pick your brain a little bit. Um, this is just me selfishly. How do you find balancing? Because Synth Riders is a very active thing. Like you just released yeah. the Shangri-La-La-La track a couple of days ago, but you guys are yeah. doing constant updates. How do you find that as a studio balancing multiple projects kind of all going on at the same time in-house? How do you manage that and prioritize that stuff? Well, part of it was because we were an agency as our inception. And mm-hmm. so the synth writers comes out of a thing we call labs. And, and so it, it already had like that studio split of people and, and teams. <clears throat> and the people that are working on the work for hire side are the core of it is the original people that did the, uh, the, the work for hire stuff, the services side on the agency side. So mm-hmm. um, it was like a, a natural transition. And basically we now have three teams split up okay. the synth writers team the final fury team and um the guys doing essentially horizon work yeah that makes a lot of sense i i have to say that just for us too that even though we're really really focused on walkabout we're doing so many different things within walkabout that yeah. having that agency or you know just sort of like that work for higher background we were used to running you know six seven sometimes even more than that job simultaneously which there's it's, I can see that being a challenge for a lot of more traditional game studios, perhaps, that are used to just like one big AAA title that everyone's working yeah. on. Maybe you've got one in development or something like that. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. So I'm curious to find out a little bit more about sort of like, so, okay, so Synth Riders launched in, yeah, 2018. What has been sort of like the 
kind of like the growth and like the the evolution because you've also been sort of seeing VR essentially sort of yeah. kind of grow up. What's what's that kind of journey been like for you guys? Well, I think uh, yeah, the when we started developing was in in 2017, and it was the wrong year. I don't know if you recall, but that was the year where yeah. like all investors stopped caring about VR. Uh, mm-hmm. It became a joke, and uh, you know, if we said that out loud to our our enterprise peers or uh, you know the other agencies that were around us, they were like, "What are you doing?" You know. Um, <laughs> but but now I think in 2019, when when the Quest came out. I think that was the game changer, and and we were very happy when we saw those numbers at first. But I remember we launched day one of Synthriders on Quest. We were very excited by the numbers, and I had a client um, at the office at the time, and we were sort of celebrating. And she saw our enthusiasm, and she's like, "Hey, hey, don't get too excited. This is your bread and butter." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a few couple, couple of years later, it was evident that it wasn't. Um, so yeah. it, Quest Two really showed us that and and then we started like saying no and letting go of, of big mm-hmm. you know gigs on the agency side i think our clients mm-hmm. were very question mark question mark but we we saw the the writing was on the wall so i think i think our timing was great and you know as, as you probably know the the waves of the headset releases really especially yeah. on, on meta side really help you totally it's it's not a it's not a hockey stick growth is it's like there's periodic cycles of growth and that's amazing yeah yeah and have you guys found that because you really actively support synth riders have you found um that there is sort of like a, a cadence or anything to like when like how often do you guys release updates because i i've played it and i follow it but not i'm not in it quite enough yeah. to know sort of like exactly what that release cadence is yeah yeah I think the first year we did a lot of feature updates. Like we we were the first rhythm game to do multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, February twenty twenty. That's when that came out. Uh, mm-hmm. We did like spiral mode and power ups um, and a lot of like just like a spin mode. We uh, those were all through twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we do a lot of regular music updates. About three to four big music updates a year. Okay. Very cool. And I would also imagine because you guys are doing a mix of, I mean, I guess it's a mix of originals or commissioned stuff and then also some licensed stuff, which for, yeah. I guess it helps that you guys have a background as a music, because you said it was a music magazine, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, that really helped. Um, we started yeah. with like synthwave music because the game really comes from almost like a love letter to synthwave. And mm-hmm. then we started expanding, you know, Electro Swing was our first pack where we had somebody like Parap Stellar who, who does have a major label background and mm-hmm. then kind of ladder up um, to artists like Muse and Bruno Mars and Lindsey Sterling. Um, so, so yeah, yeah it's, it, it was uh, from the indie indie ground up and now, now we do a mix. Um, okay. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of very much where we're at as well with some of the licensing stuff. Although I will say yeah. that sort of like for us, a we often find for the type of game that we're doing, it's easier for us to often license the IP than it is to get the music. The music rights are often way more difficult yeah. to get or difficult to sort of like quantify yeah. maybe just because of how how the, the licensing terms of, of music usually work. It's just not set up kind of how we're set up, but but yeah, right. that's when you, yeah, just talking about getting some of those big, big names, that is a whole, that is a big challenge um, to get all that music stuff, so. 
try to yeah. actually. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we've literally, um, are, some of the contracts that we've done for the major labels is, have become templates for them. And so it shows you how new this whole medium is, uh-huh. even for them. So that, that's been pretty oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also kind of curious to pick your brain a little bit too and just sort of like, this has been a, a very interesting year. So you can tell from the release date that it's sort of like, yeah, right around Christmas 2023. So mm-hmm. Quest 3 is now out. Mixed reality people are talking about. You're one of the games that really works well with mixed reality. It feels like that's a mm-hmm. challenging thing to develop for, but have... Is it too early to sort of see for you guys? Like, is that, are a lot of people playing in mixed reality? Do you guys see that as a big sort of like, yeah, just like, what are your thoughts on, yeah, kind of the, some of the new emerging tech stuff? Yeah, no, actually, we started with mixed reality. I think our, our first instinct was to go like, oh, yeah, this is just another layer to what we're doing. You just add it at the end of the process. And then we, when, once we actually started doing it, we realized, oh, no, no, this changes the thinking of things and how you conceptualize. Yeah. Um, and and even starting, like, you know, we, we really customized our portal design and then uh, started adding layers of interaction into our, our node specials, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in mid reality, which, which added this whole other layer and then, you know, connected our portals. Like, that, that whole thing was a layer process. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think what the first thing was actually developing for mixed reality, you realize how rich it is and how much more there is to it and how we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of uh, user feedback, like we do see a pretty high percentage of our users turn it on and we also see them be more engaged with the game. So uh, yeah. yeah, we've been very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could say, yeah, we're such an environmentally focused game that it is way harder for us to really incorporate something like right. fixed reality. And we do have some things that we're, we're working on, but, but yeah, you guys are just so perfectly sort of like posed for that as well. I would imagine you some know, of the other trends. That, oh, go ahead. I don't, it's interesting because we didn't see that because we were, we're like the cyberpunk aesthetic game that is meant to be mm-hmm. fully immersive. So yeah, we actually, we actually thought that we were the wrong game. Our, our, our team even pushed back against mm-hmm. doing mixed reality. So I, I, I guess I'd, I'd encourage you to, uh, to, to think about it differently because it does, mm-hmm. I, I, I think now that we see that, we, we, we sort of think differently about it. Like even yeah. with our game, our fighting game, that's still the thought. Like this mixed reality doesn't really suit it. But as yeah. we think about it more, we're finding ways to be clever with it. Yeah, yeah. And I could definitely see, I mean, we're definitely talking about something. I mean, it's even too early for us to say exactly what that would be, but we're absolutely playing around in that space. And yeah, we're hoping to do uh, something that will take advantage of that, but it will, it, I mean, I think that it is a, it's a fundamentally different sort of thing than what we're doing where you and I are sort of like sharing a virtual space. And I think that the, the bigger challenge with us is that so many people of our players play it multiplayer and mm unless you're physically in the same room, it's difficult to sort of like have a shared multiplayer experience when you're in different room shapes and just that sort of thing. So it can be done. It just, you've got to limit it probably quite a bit more. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know one of the other big ones uh, that also seems like you guys are in a really good spot for hand tracking. 
Um, especially Vision Pro uh, only supporting hand tracking, no controllers. But I'd imagine that you guys are also like, in fact, do you already have a hand tracking only mode? Or is it still uh, controllers? No, we, it's actually been difficult for us because the game is, uh, the, the main mechanic is precision based. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, so like when it comes to the hard, higher levels of difficulty, it does prove challenging. Oh, um, gotcha. But we are like things are like the SDKs are getting better, the technology is getting better, and and we're we're mm-hmm. almost there. Uh, but uh, we we've also thought about in terms of limiting levels of difficulty for hand tracking, and we're, we're oh, sort of yeah. opening ourselves up to that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess that's mostly the lag issue is probably what you're talking about, where there's just yeah. a little yeah. yeah, the hands are just a little bit too slow. Although I will also say that probably one of the other things that especially for your game, I would imagine that the haptics is such a big part of that. Just the vibrations yeah. that you get from the controller, yes. like that's really what gives you the feedback that it would feel. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that, that would it would lose quite a bit without the, without even just the haptics going on. That's right, that's right. And that was definitely another concern point was just haptics, mm-hmm. um, which, but, but you know, it, it, it's trade-offs, right, I think. And, and yeah. that's part of it is like, I think the team has had to learn how to um, embrace what you gain and and sort of let go of what you lose because in some of it, it's like, oh, that's not Synthriders if it doesn't have this. It's like, well, with the emerging tech, you have to keep embracing where where it can go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know even before we started recording, we were lamenting a little bit of just sort of like it is a – it's – it's sort of a blessing and a curse to be sort of like right on the cutting edge of a lot of this stuff because yeah, it yeah. means that things change very quickly underneath you often um, as the industry changes or new devices come out or just, yeah, sort of like it's a, it's definitely, it's really, really exciting to be where we're at right now, but also, yeah, it's, it, it can be a real challenge when suddenly the, what you had sort of built something on changes underneath you. So, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's literally happening all the time. You can't, you can't step back. Yeah. So I know one oh of the other gosh. things that you were, Oh yeah. I know one of the other <laughs> things you were talking about a little bit um, before uh, we started recording was cause you guys are also doing a lot of work within horizon worlds. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about kind of the, yeah, the projects that you're doing in there? Yeah. Yeah. I, Basically, we, we started working with them back in July of 2020. Um, and, and so we've seen the platform evolve quite a bit. Uh, by the way, Lucas, we, we're going to have to do this in our game as well. Like, you're just oh, yeah, putting yeah, it yeah. to shame here. I just got to point that <laughs> out, man. <laughs> this is, yes, this is all, this is part of my strategy. But no, we should do a little, because, yeah, because <laughs> you right. can do the multiplayer. It might be harder to talk while playing an active rhythm game, but... Well... Depends well, on the experience that, you got. I mean, this that's is true. I gotta say, this is difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. This is. I'm just. I'm just used to it. So you're so used to it. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, and we Ooh. we actually do. Um, we I don't know if I can say specifics, but we do. Let, let's just say we we have done golf in Horizon. So oh, okay, we'll have to mm-hmm. we'll have to talk about that. We'll have um, to yeah have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. That's right. But yeah, we, we now, um, you know, we've, we've been on this journey with Horizon where uh, at first we started making very simple games because the technology was, we've been evolving with the platform. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but as of late, the games have gotten more and more involved. They go deeper and deeper and, you know, they, they, they announced the, the, new, the new games in, with Connect. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we've been, it's been great to see that, to be a part of that. At first, we were developing purely in headset, and now we're, we're using tools like, like Blender and other outside tools mm-hmm. 
um, and we're scripting outside of the headset as well. So just just seeing a how difficult it is to build a metaverse platform as complex as Horizon, but also like see how how quickly it's evolved and and how much more we can do now. And the games that we conceptualize today are are so different. Um, and for mm-hmm. us, it was perfect because we did come from a team that was doing web design, so. Uh, we've been able to sort of mature with the platform. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you mentioned that some of the uh, some of the other like, especially when you were doing a lot of, you said it was kind of UI and UX was a lot of your focus yes. before yes, um, before that's that. Right. So mostly web stuff, or was it a mix? It was a <sighs> Lucas. I need some help here. Um, it was <laughs> it was it was a lot of web design stuff. Uh, we actually that was part of the frustration was that. We missed that mobile wave, um, yeah. and we we didn't get mobile gigs or mobile apps, and so we were like, instead of going after mobile and building things of our own in mobile, let's just go to where where things are going in the future, and that's how we, yeah. that's part of the the VR decision making. Yeah, I mean, I would I would have to say though that sort of like to one of the things that we talk about internally is that the UI and UX in VR is probably one of the most difficult things to get right. So the fact that yeah. you guys have such a yeah, background yeah. in that, like we spend yeah. a lot of time obsessing over just ways to make things as stupid, simple as possible. And it, it's a real challenge, especially because the rules haven't really been written yet. And there's a, yes. there's now a lot of things that people are figuring out that stuff that, you know, best practices and stuff, but Right. Yeah, you know, all of that's been been coming within the last you know the last couple of years as people have just been figuring out and and yeah standards have finally I do have to say I'm so happy that everyone has finally kind of started using the same controller scheme so that you've got yes. the you've got the two thumb buttons trigger grip joystick <laughs> like yes the thumbstick just finally it felt like oh yes everything is finally sort of like coalescing around a general yeah. idea and now we're gonna throw yeah. all that out the window in the next year so it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, Super it, fun. It, it is a, a world of extremes because we also saw the web as, you know, when it, when it went to flat design versus skeuomorphic, and we're more mm-hmm. creative and more artistic in nature. So uh, we were doing this very uh, extravagant websites with lots of creative design touches into it. And then when, when the era, era of flat design came in, it was just, it was very, very monotonous work um, and, and mm-hmm. sort of creatively draining. And then we come into VR and we're so happy, but then it's like, oh, we would like some standards at least. You know, that would yeah. be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say, though, one of the things that I think that, I mean, this might not be the thing that people think most of with VR, but just like menu design. And sort of like there is right. absolutely something about just putting your controls or like how you select stuff onto floating screens and putting it onto a flat surface. It just helps. Yeah. Like our brains are so wired to think yeah. that way. I don't know exactly why it is that it works like that, but I mean, we do the exact same thing with our menus just because I found that, I mean, yes, the sort of like the, uh, um, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the term now, but sort of like the, the having the UI be sort of like part of the world or actually building it out, but then every time you want to change something, now you've got to rebuild that entire yeah. system or something. It's sort of like yeah. back with all those Splash websites in 2003, yeah. which I also made a couple of those that were, <laughs> yes, beautiful, but from a design standpoint, impossible to maintain or update or change yeah. or, yeah, just like a real nightmare right. like that. So, right, yeah. Right, right, Cool. I'm going to head on to the, the last hole here. Um, well, yeah, as we sort of um, as we sort of play this last hole here, I'm also just kind of curious to get your 
get your thoughts and sort of like, yeah, kind of, we've talked a lot about emerging tech and things that are sort of coming up, but yeah, where do you, what are your sort of like, what's your predictions? Where do you feel like, uh, what are you excited about that's sort of like that's coming down the road that maybe isn't quite here yet? Or, mm. or yeah, what are you guys sort of thinking about? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that it's exciting to see the, the market continue to diversify. Like, and I, by that, mm -hmm. I mean like the entrance of Apple is really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think for us, I would say the thing that we look at differently is that we're not, we're not that, we're not sort of eagerly awaiting the hockey stick moment. We are looking yeah. for steady growth. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it, it is a nice time in XR, um, because it doesn't have the hockey stick growth, but it has an economy yeah. by which studios like us can can build. So I, I, I'm just like, I'm excited by that the current midst of big partners like Meta and Apple um, and you know Samsung, Qualcomm and Google coming in, um, yeah. what they bring to the table, the technologies being advanced enough where we can get more and more creative and, and deeper with, with our content. Um, but at the same time, it's small and niche enough where we can experiment, try these things out, um, build games like 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 Final Fury for us, which is a whole mm -hmm. new category that hasn't been explored, um, mm -hmm. and have the time to sort of figure it out. So I yeah. I think I'm I'm just excited about where we're at, at where it's sustainable, it's it's got a long term perspective. I think the five to ten year horizon, which we keep sort of talking about every five to ten years, but I think yeah. that's right even now. And and it's just it's just steady growth, innovation, and and just adapting all of these technologies uh, at once. So it, it's it's more nuanced than like oh this thing is going to change everything. Um, yeah. it, it's it's that day to day on the ground, mm -hmm. uh, ongoing transformation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, d I have to say, I think that in some ways, studios like us, especially, are kind of. It's very lucky for us that there hasn't been that that hockey stick moment, so to speak. Right. Just because I think that, I mean, we were super, super small and we've been able to grow this over a few years. And I don't think that we would have been able to do that if we were, if there was suddenly a hockey stick and you just had tons and tons of investment dollars coming in and a lot of AAA games. So like, yeah, it's definitely been a good, there's a lot of independent studios that have been able to grow up essentially sort of like with how things are. Exactly. So that's a, exactly that's a right. really, really yeah. good, really, really good perspective. Oh. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, but when we go to XR events, you know, and, and there's a lot of people that have been here longer than, than even us, like, mm -hmm. you know, in the in the really unprofitable days, and I think there's a purity to our ecosystem, like a love for the medium and mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, when, when money is not driving everybody, I, I think there's there's the creativity is really the driver. And so that that's really yeah. the most exciting for me. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I can absolutely see that. I think we are going to start seeing more of those AAA experiences and more right. of those like bigger games coming. But I also do feel like there's there's still this this window right now where it's yeah. like it's it's a little bit friendlier and it's definitely. And I think that we've really benefited by not having um, you know something like Steam yeah. where there's a so there's so many games being released that it's very difficult to stand out. Whereas if you can if you can get something up and and working really well and just a good basic game, you can build on it over time. And yeah, it's definitely been. Uh, I, I I definitely think that you might uh, relate to this too. But I think that coming from, you know, being a uh, like a service business, 
then going over to not only sort of like making your own stuff, but then also live service is a yeah. massive yeah, yeah. sort of like just like mental yeah. change. We've had to think a lot more about, you know, long-term QA support, just for like all these roles right. that we've never really had in house because we're also, are you guys self publishing as well? Or do you have a publisher? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I can relate to everything you're saying for sure. And <laughs> we're figuring it all out, you know, still to this day. Mm -hmm. um, and it helps us have the diversity. Like for us, the work for hire and, and working with Meta has trained us. You know, we we do a lot of live service games for them, and it's yeah. trained us to improve our own live services, us synth writers. And 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 when we think about Final Fury, we we can we see that we've learned a lot, we've matured a lot as a studio. But it does it does take time to unpack all of this. So yeah, totally. Um, yeah, this window is very nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, well. So why don't we actually, uh, why don't we just hop down here because it's a little difficult to shoot. So why don't we just warp down here onto the bridge? Oh. That way Wesley will be able to shoot us while we wrap it up. So yeah. Sure. Well, awesome. Well, um, well, thank you so much for, for joining and taking some time to, to chat with us. Um, do you guys have a release date uh, for uh, Fury? Remind me the name one more time. Final Fury. Final Fury, yeah. Uh, we don't. We're we're gonna. We're still working heavily on the game. We just had a few rounds of close testing, and we okay. just announced the open beta coming up in uh, 2024. Okay. Um, so I think you know, Synth Riders had 11 updates before it reached the Quest Store, um, mm. and and we did it in, with the community. We plan to use the same playbook. Like we want to okay. we want to test it quite a bit. It it it's. It's very PVP driven, so yeah. you know the, the the community's feedback and and getting getting a lot of users to to tell us where the game's at is is really important mm -hmm. to us. So we we actually don't want to put a, a launch date on the docket just yet because we okay. want to make make sure that the community really gives us their feedback. Totally, yeah. Well, I guess then just in general, keep an eye out for it because it'll probably be. It, sometime coming soon-ish will be well. Then uh, I'll, I'll say the call to action is you can go to finalfuryvr.com and sign up for beta. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, do that. Um, also, we didn't really even get a chance to chat about it much, but we're in Shangri-La. You guys just released Shangri-La La La, which was a remix that Chris Raymond did of the. Uh, of the soundtrack that you're hearing right now for Shangri-La that's now in Synth Riders. I just played it this morning. It's super fun. It's so nice. bizarre to hear this <laughs> as a Synthwave remix, but it works. You could still, and yeah, you could still pick up on it. But yeah, he had a lot of fun doing that one, I know. So um, yeah, that's anything awesome. else at all that uh, that that you want to add? Yeah, just um, also stay tuned for Synth Riders. I think this collaboration is awesome. We've always seen, we've always admired how you guys have expanded um, your game and all of the licensing work that you do is, is very inspiring to us. Uh, the, the, translating all these epic titles like like Mist or you know the Journey to the Center of the Earth onto VR is amazing. The Meow Wolf is, mm -hmm. I mean, just bow down to that one. That that's one of that's a that's a milestone in VR, I think. And we we have been doing this uh, music experiences uh, with with Muse and Algorithm and uh, The Offspring come out and play and Lindsey Sterling. Mm -hmm. um, so we have sits experiences that are like it, it's it's moved us from just a music game to a story, visual storytelling with music. Yeah. Um, and we're I'll just say that without without revealing too much that we're basically doubling down on on that aspect of our game and we are looking to bring other worlds into in 
other visual worlds into synthwriters as well. So uh, you've, you've actually inspired us a lot. So uh, I think this collaboration is, is very appropriate. Awesome. Well, that's so great to hear. Well, thank you so much, Arturo, for, yeah, for hanging out with us. And we'll see you guys all next time. Bye. Awesome. Thank you, Lucas. Yeah. I'm just making sure.